G'day guys, welcome back to another Fedicum episode. This is currently my fifth take and my last take. Today's episode, we had the one and only Burak Sarman, a fellow black belt of mine. In today's episode, we spoke about BJJ, how it correlates to life in terms of character development, discipline, gratitude, the whole shebang. We also spoke about all things related to mindset and business, as well as his professional fight early on in the year in July against the well-known Tainan, best gi fighter in the whole world. Um, and yeah, you guys know the drill. Hope you guys enjoy. Why are you guys still on this video? Enjoy. I just want to document it anyway, like I said yeah, to you, boys. I just want to document it long term and just look back in the story 10, 15 years later and say, man, look how much we documented. You Did know? you document mm. early on? Like nah. in your teenage years or anything? When I was 13, when I competed, I remember someone put it up on YouTube, my, my first fight. I was trying to find it on YouTube when I found it. I'm like, wow, that looks, that's so cool, man. I'm on YouTube, you know? Mm. Yeah. It was like 2008. We wanted to put your mic just a bit um, closer. Yeah, that was 2008. And then... Yeah, I was posting my fights, so whenever I won, whenever I won, whenever I had a fight, I just post my full fights on Facebook and just, I enjoyed it, you know? I think that's the thing, yeah. we're, we're all going to look back and be like, I just wish we had more photos or videos. Oh, 100%, man, there's so many matches of mine missing, and I wish I mm. had those matches. They're, it's, I wish someone had those matches. If I can, mm. like, find someone to have them or record them 15 years ago, I, wish, I would love to see it. Like here in Australia as well? Yeah, in Australia, like Australia's some matches that no one would, like some of my mates, like, I have a fight. It was an amazing performance. I'm like, well, how did I do that? And I'm like, who's rec- no one's recording, bro. Yeah. yeah. Everyone thinks like they want e- each other were recording because it's like a state championship or Australian championship. Like, there's no media. Yeah. Everyone's focused. On everyone's focused on the fight. They're like, everyone's nervous as well. So you're like, who's recording? No one. And I ask my opponents. Sometimes my opponents will send it. Sometimes they won't send it. Yeah. It's an awkward one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awkward conversation. That's how we. That's what I did. Like, even like overseas when I went to Japan. Um, I'm like, bro, can you? I was just asking around the people to record my fights. I'm like, I can hold my backpack. I'm just gonna go compete and then yeah. record my fight. Like, that's how it is it's for so many years. But I wish, man, like, imagine someone vlogged you. Yeah. Imagine, imagine someone vlogged me when I was 15, like, my first ever comp. Imagine that was like documented yeah, and that huge. was on YouTube. Yeah. Mm. And now at your age, looking back at it, it's like, it's crazy. That's Especially back then. Yeah. How far ahead you'd, you'd be. I know as kids as well, like when we have that random uncle that's taking videos of stuff, like why are you always recording, you know? And then now you look back and like, man, I'm so grateful that you did mm. record those Eid events or that random birthday yeah. party. Because in, like in the moment, you're either too focused on what's happening or you don't really think much of like taking that one or two photos. Yeah, yeah. that's the balance because like sometimes you get so, I was talking to this about, about this to someone, um, it's like there's different types of athletes, like some athletes embrace the whole journey the lead up to a fight and some people just go oh, they get so anxious or nervous they go they don't want to talk they don't want to do media they don't want to spend more energy they don't want to ask someone to record or just hire a media team etc like you see like UFC fighters there's different different types of UFC yeah. fighters some just focus on that 15 minutes they wouldn't talk they just want to show their skills which is cool you preserve your energy but then you miss out on the potential of a lot of other things you got to treat it as one whole and sure. now I'm learning to do it as as one because people care about the before the more more about before the fight sometimes than the actual fight your actual yeah. match the journey to it you know or and post as well obviously I think it's because we underestimate the moment that's what it is yeah because you're living it then yes. and there and then once that moment fleets and passes then you look back at it and you go like damn if only I had and not only that memory fades as well like your recollection of like a certain event yeah 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 can be like altered based off of experience emotion mm-hmm. and whatnot yes, exactly whereas that footage is there in that moment 
I think like recording, documenting in our day and age with like technology that we have is like the equivalent of like, I don't know, you see those World War Two photos of like those grandparents and stuff. Imagine they, they didn't like, do it. Imagine they didn't do Maybe it. Imagine they said, no, no, we shouldn't, we just yeah. focus on the war. Yeah. How do you know you're a soldier? Yeah. You know, it's interesting <laughs> when they, I was listening to um, this guy's name is Morgan Housel. He wrote a book, Psychology of Money, mm. and he talks about how nowadays everyone's like i need the perfect morning routine to be productive and i need the perfect circumstances to get my writing done to write a book or to train i need to eat the right i need to sleep the best and now you guys talking about world war ii it's like there were so many they say journals written books recollections you know like diaries that people had and they used to write it in their two minutes of spare time on a bad notebook and a bad yeah, pen. Yeah, it's yeah. like they didn't look for the... Per- if they waited for the perfect circumstances during the war or during, you know, tough times, nothing will get t- nothing will get written down. Yeah. And it's like there's no perfect time. I- even 30 seconds, you take a quick photo of something random, mm-hmm. like you'll cherish it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think also even more so, like here in Melbourne, like especially the field that you're in, like in the martial arts, BJJ specifically, like there's no one now sort of like doing it. So like... When a young guy who's like up and coming or he had takes an interest in this sport, when he goes to YouTube, there's only very little that can he can access. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. right? And it's the same for vlogs. You know, no, like that's true. That's why I was, I was telling you this when you did that, um, when you competed on that hex event and you did that grappling only match, and then after you done the vlog where it was like the the pre ritual to the vlog, like your day, you're grabbing a coffee. You're going, I think it was Broadly Central or something along those lines. It's like... Got the shirt printed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that video. Yeah, I like that one. Because yeah, we, we think of someone going on like Malibu Drive in California or yes. something, Venice Beach or something, and they have their cameras and they're walking along the stars. That's what we associate with the Americans and stuff. We don't have it's true. an Australian dude. It's going to break know? the ice, man. Yeah. yeah. And you got to have a story to back it up. like, Or else, if you don't do it at the right time in, in your career, if you do it prematurely, like too early, then it's like... Um, it's a bit, I don't know, it's not authentic as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was cool, man. And I think they'll, they'll, be, they'll be noticed at the right time. Like they're up there, they're just sitting there, they're very good quality. Mm-hmm. I think over time, it'll be more and more noticed. Um, and for myself as well, you know, obviously. Do you ever battle with uh, imposter syndrome? Like the idea of like, why should that person watch me? Or why should that person like think my journey matters? Um, sometimes I do, but then I used to a lot, but now I'm kind of breaking that. Like I go, I go. It's part of it. Like everyone does it. It's just the camera. It's just this. Like that, this is me, mm. and um, this is Burak Salman's. Like this is Burak Salman. Like that's my journey. Mm. So it doesn't matter who's um, what's it called. Like who's doing what. Of course, like when I'm looking at it, I go, man, look how this guy's doing it. These guys, I should do it. Maybe like I go, no, just just be yourself. And some people like when they when they're in front of camera, they, I know they start to change or because they're not living that life every day. So in front of the camera, there's someone else. And then it's, it's just, it just becomes worrying on them. And I think eventually they, they don't last in the game. And then people find you out. Yeah, as people well. find you out. And yeah. it's, for me, it's like, it's just part of my job now. It's work for me. And I think it's a responsibility as well. Like, if you don't speak, if, 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 if the Wright brothers don't speak, then who's going to speak, you know? True. And sometimes you have to push yourself. You have to feel good to talk. You have to, like, sometimes you deal with so much people over, like, you'll see me, bro, like, at the gym, like, mm-hmm. You deal with so many people every day, like hundreds of people. You're talking to them, and your energies are so limited. Mm. But some doesn't matter how if you have a good day, a bad day. Like people expect a genuine handshake, and you got to give it to them. Yeah, you got to just break out of it. You got to push extra and do it. Sometimes you neglect from other things, but then you know you realize like you can do it without wasting that much energy as well. Then it becomes, you know, that's mm. the stage I'm at now, 
How I'm often very, do you compare I feel like I've changed yourself. a lot in the past year. Yeah. How often do you compare yourself to other people that might be doing similar things? Yeah, it's, is it's, it like an everyday thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good with that. Like, I just because I see the potential. I don't, I'm not like jealous. I get motivated. So I want to do something about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I go, man, I got to get up as well. Like, I got to do it as well. I got to get into this. I got to get into that. Then, you, but you can't rush everything, obviously. Mm. But then, like, I remember like two years ago, I wanted to get into this vlog thing consistently, like weekly. But I just couldn't convince the right people to jump on board. And I, I remember the, pe the people that were consistent around the world that I was following that just started. Now they're, they're booming big time. And they have influence over th like hundreds of thousands of people. So you, what, it creeps in your head like if then I, I go, started doing Yeah, but then, then, then you go, this is me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is my journey. Yeah. And we're all, like, all our Qadr is unique. Qadrullah. So exactly. Yeah. That's what we're working towards. So I go, this is my journey. doesn't mm. matter. Who's done what? It's, yeah, and alhamdulillah, it's amazing, you know? Is that something you want to reach out to thousands of people, hundreds? If know, it happens, yeah, if it happens. Yeah. And I think it's just inevitable anyway. So if you're walking oh. an authentic path in any given field, I think it's just a matter of time. I look at anyone, like that guy over there, like any anyone, like mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant, like or just like, you know, all those figures, whatever, like and a lot of big Muslim figures in any field, literally any field, not just sport. If you're consistent and you're authentic in your pathway and you have no shortcuts, mm -hmm. it's just inevitable. It's just a part of the process. It's not like I made it or, yeah, it just happened. Like, but yeah, I think it'll, it'll happen. Like, yeah, it's interesting because yeah. last week we had about. It can happen tomorrow, it can happen whatever, like one yeah. year later. Or yeah. It's just. But I'm not aiming for that. I just want to walk an authentic path. And now it's so hard to form an authentic path and follow it. It's the biggest challenge, I think. Mm. Mm for the generation and for even our generation because yeah. it's like instant gratification like it's massive yeah. like people can trick themselves into saying they made it or when they haven't even done anything in the field they're practicing literally especially maybe if there's not many other people in their field doing like so-called what they're doing yeah exactly they can be like put themselves on a pedestal and it's like you just started bro like yeah, even if they are they're getting clicks they're getting the views but they've never done any of anything and they don't last anyway but yeah. they just they trick themselves like, why don't I just do this? Isn't it a good thing to a degree though? Yeah, I like it. I actually like it. Like, <laughs> you know really? why? Yeah, go for it, yeah. I love when, I love seeing that kind of people. I used to be annoyed. I love them too, yeah. I love it too because I go, man, look. Yeah. It's easy for us. 100%. Because we're taking the hard way. Wait, love seeing what? Say it, sorry, say it again. I love seeing people faking it. Yeah. Like, oh, it doesn't okay. bother me. Interesting. It just is, goes, it, is it faking it or they're just showing before they're successful? Taking shortcuts. The only no, but the thing is like, how about the people that want to start a social media page? No, not faking it. Yeah, not faking yeah. it. Because some people, for example, there's yeah. you who's been a black belt for nearly yeah. 10 years or 10 years. Seventh year, yeah. Seventh year of being a black belt. There's some people who start a journey in the like journey to being a black belt. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Where, where you, someone might look at them and be like, you're starting too early. But they want to show that journey because for you being a, turning, becoming a black belt at 21, it's like these teenage years, you don't have those years of struggle. You, don't, you can't show that. Yeah. Some people are like, I want to show the journey, the ups and downs, the injuries, the six months of training, the two months, you know? Yeah, 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 of mm. course. Yeah, no doubt about so it. So how about that balance? But then it's like, I don't know how to put it. It's I think it's prior to it though. Yeah. You know, that, that, that little bit of delusion prior to starting delusion, out something. Yeah, and then the, those people thing. fall off. Yeah, the delusion of success, the delusion of quick views or quick fame or quick mm. even money, like it doesn't last the long run if they're not real and authentic in their path, because then people are going to see through that really quickly.
but it's a big challenge now because there's two pathways. It's very hard to convince people or the youth or like to follow the the path we took because it's not attractive. You know, there's no eyes on you for so long. There's no cameras. You just want to develop. You want to get good at your craft when there's no one looking, etc. But now there's you can document that too, but do it properly. You know, mm-hmm. and then of course the real, the authentic. Um, people, athletes, authentic businessmen or entrepreneurs or whatever, they stand out big time because when there's so much like this clout going on, like you see people doing weird TikToks and like mm-hmm. just to get clicks true. and you yeah, see them shift away attention. from their craft to get clicks. Yeah. That's true. And then you go, man, what you do, man? You were very good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like a sport, whatever it was. Like you, you moved away just for clicks and views. But then you're an empty shell, you know? Like True. Delusion only gets you yeah. so far. But then, like, as you said, then, uh, inshallah, we keep going out like this way and we remain sincere and authentic. And, mm. and of course, we slip and fall, but then it opens room for for the real people to really be noticed as well. Yeah. Is, is there anyone else in your gyms documenting their journey as well or they want to start? Yeah, yeah. I'm pushing my, like, young ones, like my it's world champions like and that. a few other kids. I'm trying to get push them to document. And I'm supporting that. So I want to form like an empire in that sense and just really support the right stories, the right build-ups. And as long as they have following an authentic pathway, I'll give them the spotlight, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I wish, man, I wish someone, and when I see my kids, like a lot of my kids are like that, and or the youth, I go, man, far out. He's, and that's my duty as a coach, mm-hmm. as a leader, to notice that authenticity in, in, in the journey and, and the struggle and the commitment. And if I don't give them that spotlight, it's on me. And that's what a lot of leaders like neglect community or coaches, instructors, um, like CEOs, they neglect that. They don't notice the talent coming up and they don't give them what they're meant to be given if in terms of attention and opportunity and pathway. Belief, yeah. Then, it, yeah, I don't know how that happens, but like Especially it's in unfortunate. The but that's the duty upon myself. I definitely see that. So I want to form that and I want to open pathways. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, there's phases of your life that you would say, like, my life's purpose, like, I know it's cliche, but that's what I'm supposed to, this is, this is why I'm put on this planet for this period of my life. Do you see now yourself, because I know one of the, like, you were at the World Championships, and then you'll have that personal venture, but there's also these young kids that are at the World Championship level, it's like, is my job to be a leader and a coach to them, or is it to, for this period of my life, which I can, focus on myself? Because you have a hard gig because you have your own business. Yeah. You know, you have opportunities both ways, like help this kid become the number one in the world or help me become the best I can. It's like, how do you fight that? It's hard to juggle, but you can't juggle too many. Like I probably have four or five things I juggle at once. Um, But you got to know when to be who, who to be where. Like I say that a lot. But yeah, like you got to know when, which product to kick in at the right time. You know what I mean? And of course, limited energy. Like, like the guys I'm fighting against now all around the world, they're living on a couch, they're playing video games and then they're going to compete against me, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I beat most of them, you know? Yeah. And inshallah, I want to beat all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's like, okay, can I neglect everything and do that? One, it's, it's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. And two, it's not, it's not worth it in any way possible. It's not worth it. Of course, if it was like, I don't know, you know, people from boxing make big money, they sacrificed their whole life for two years. They, they, even now, even they, if that was offered to me, I wouldn't do it because then I've been missing out on so much opportunities that Allah has presented me at this time of my life for a reason. Like, like that's why I say, like, really commit to the journey because 
if you don't, you're gonna miss out on. If your target's there, and you should always that should be your pinnacle of any ma- any craft you are. You want to be the best at it. But if there's opportunities here that Allah's keep presenting you to take care of, to you know, whether it's students, whether it's different business opportunities, or whether it's community, you know, opportunities, whether you got a young family, you know, um, you gotta you can't neglect these just for that goal. Mm-hmm. End of the day, like. It's for this world, right? So you won't be on that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if you don't walk with honor and neglect all these things and just like be selfish, um, that's why I say it's my journey. Like no one could, you can't compare. You, like you can't compare anyone's life to anyone, literally, bro. You can't, yeah. So how, how do you know though? Like what opportunity to take at what time? I think over time you you notice that. Yeah, after you make mistakes, yeah. and I guess. And it's the harder, like it's the harder, and it's the harder, like uh, speaking to the right people about it. Of course, you know, listening to your heart, you know. Asking Allah to guide you in your in your in your decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have mentors you, you go mistakes. to and speak to this? Yeah, like always. you said, going yeah. to yeah, getting trusted brothers, advice. yeah, behind okay. the scenes, hundred percent, yeah, always. Older, younger, same age. There's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Always, I was. I always walked, like every decision I made, probably in my life, because I didn't have a father growing up, was um, was based on doing istishada, like really speaking to someone about mm-hmm. it and. And seeking advice and li- really listening to those people like whether it's m- big scholars in turkey it's it's close friends here um yeah because you didn't have always always seek that and you learn over time too sometimes when you're young you listen to the wrong people but still Allah preserves you mm. you know because we don't know it all no matter how much especially that age like <laughs> you have mm. to you have to yeah, consult nice. someone mm-hmm. but now we're kind of getting somewhere even now we have to consult even more because decisions are critical, like very critical decisions, and they have a bigger impact too. Yeah, and you then know? you listen to your heart. At the end of the day, you listen to how Allah guides you. Did you only do this with big decisions, or is it small decisions? Because sometimes, like people, for example, starting a business, like these big, big ventures, yeah. that you know, quitting your job and focusing on BJJ full time. But there was the smaller decisions you always tried to. What sort do you mean? But like small example, day to day things. Yeah, like even just, you know, how you plan your day, you know, it, maybe the small changes in your business where you're like, no, no, I trust myself. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, small decisions are instinct-based. Yeah, it's know? more about your Trial habit error, of... 100%, but big decisions like marriage and then your big, like when to opening a business, starting a new venture, um, meeting this person, is this person good, you know, networking with the right people, should I network, should I not network, should I do this, should I not do this? And eventually you find that, you find the balance and the most... Successful people in the world do this. Mm. You'd be surprised how, like, when you look into the lives of many people that we look up to, and they've all done that. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's Islamic tradition as yeah. well. I know the Egyptians have a saying: if you don't have an elder, a mentor, you know, in your life, you buy one. Which means, regardless of if you don't have your grandpa, your uncle, or someone you know, you that's put, what the modern, yeah, the modern world. That's what they do. Yeah, they hire someone. Some and people need it though. So, yeah. but even look at the conquerors of the it. past, like the Ottomans, mm-hmm. and then before that, and this, like they've all the the so the the, the sultan or the the head will the leader will be in the front of the whole world, but behind the scenes there'll be so much people supporting them all that's the true. time. Yeah. That's how that's how, and that's a sp- it's a big spiritual support, you know, and the confidence that comes from that, yeah. it's massive. And now we can get it from our brotherhood. Like the brotherhood is so powerful, you can get that from a brotherhood. A yeah. collective brotherhood. It doesn't have to be one person anymore. Like, of course, there's a sheikh and they follow they follow a big like a spiritual figure back then. 
now that brotherhood can serve that too. Like you can have a bunch of brothers you really trust and you brainstorm and you, you come up with a solution and man, you let's do it, you know. That's that's the importance of having a community. Yeah. A strong community. But without brotherhood we're nothing, literally. Yeah. Mm. So it's just how much can we guide ourselves by ourselves, you know? Facts. By yourself. I, I want to speak about Burak as a coach real quick, you know. Because <laughs> obviously from twenty personal experience? Say again? From personal experience. <laughs> nah, nah, not from personal <laughs> experience. Um I want to look back at the year of twenty twenty three. Yeah, actually, let me ask you that question before mm. I delve into my next question. How would you say twenty twenty three has been to you? You know, if you look back at it quickly, reflect. You made a comment before that you've changed a lot this year. Yeah, yeah a lot. Um, I think every day, man, I'm changing a lot. Like I think it's between twenty five to thirty. It's just, mm-hmm. it's different, man. <laughs> I can feel that. I'm yeah, 27, <laughs> I'm twenty seven now, bro. Yeah, I'm right yeah, in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I don't know. Like twenty three was good, man. Like a lot of. Uh, I wish, like, sometimes it'd be in me, like, I go, man, I wish I had 100 fights and it was unbeaten. And, yeah. You know, I go, I could have done that. <laughs> if I stopped everything, yeah, I probably would have done it. But yeah. I go, I had some big fights, had massive fights. I fought, fought the world's best. Yeah, can we speak Coast. about that? Yeah, that was that was a cool experience. Super fight in Brisbane, July. Yeah. How was that? 23rd, 24th. 29th. July, 29th, yeah. yeah. Saturday. How did you organise that? So I was offered, um, I was offered someone on the card before, like a big name as well. In the nogi, so I'm training nogi like most of the time, like ninety percent. I'm teaching gi and nogi, but I lo- I train the gi a lot just so everyone develops it. It's it's a good tradition and it's amazing. You learn so much. But my comp- competitively, I'm focused on submission grappling, submission wrestling. One for my career to be more sustainable, and two for MMA as well because I love MMA and I like guiding people in in that field. And I want I have aspirations to like coach people to the top and then coach people at the top. You know, and I've I have a good network so. I think developing my skills there is very important as a as a master of as a grappling. So I do that more, nogi more. Um, and then they offered me a big name, top five name in the world in the nogi, which I was probably going to be like a close favorite, like a probably maybe going to be a favorite. Mm. Although he guy is like a world's medalist and he's massive, but and then they and then I seen they offered me this guy Tynan. So this kid's been training since three. He hasn't lost a fight since. He's 24. He hasn't lost a fight probably since he's... Um, yeah, since then. And has hardly put in trouble. And he's specialist. Yeah. He only does gi. He's a gi specialist, yeah. So I'm like, I wait it up, you know. I'm like, 100%, I'll do it. And in Australia, there's only a few names that can really fight him. It's me and probably Lockie, but Rocky's retired. And then there's Levi. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you've got Craig. He's another big name, but he's overseas and he's focused on Nogi as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of us, and my style is very interesting because no matter, like I don't, I don't, I don't go in thinking about the result since I was thirteen. I just want to go in there and really just like put it all out there, and really put this guy under pressure and really submit the person. Doesn't matter what happens. Like I always wanted to f- submit, so everyone knows me in Australia for that. Like most of the world know, but not it's not. I'm I haven't tapped into the whole market yet, mm-hmm. so they'll know soon. But so everyone sort of, oh, for sure they offered me him. I go hundred percent. I'll do it. And then he started getting interesting when it was announced. It was cool because, and this kid's going to be the next Maradona probably. So he's mm-hmm. 24 now? He's 24. He hasn't lost. Hardly. Okay. He was on a 60, I think a 60 fight win streak. Yeah, somewhat. A black yeah. belt mm-hmm. before my fight. And he just lost by, someone stalled on him and just beat him like at the world champions a few weeks before I fought him. So it was a good confidence mm-hmm. yeah. booster. But I, ne- I didn't go in, um, <laughs> like I didn't go in to beat him. I went in to submit him. Yeah. You know, that was my mindset. That was my training camp. I trained eight weeks for him. I had a few injuries dealing with as well. 
And I was still doing no gi. You know, I do no gi 90% of the time, 10% gi. I love training with my students. So you fought him in gi? Or no I gi? fought him in gi at oh. his best. But from the lead up, I still did. I, I, then I switched to 80% gi, 20% no gi because I got the opportunity to beat the best guy in the world. Mm-hmm. It was cool, man. Like, And then I went in there and he's like, he submits all his opponents in two minute mark. So, And I, we went to eight minute mark. And mm-hmm. I played a very different style to bait him in and like really um, I, I tried to bait him in and get him confident and and I took a big risk I could have been submitted in the first 30 seconds like the very risk big risk I, I watched the yeah. fight yeah and he was trying to submit me from the first 30 seconds so and he fell into some of my traps and then he just he backed out and he was very disciplined and he's like a chip man like his coach is the best in the world it's like he's been told what to do what to eat what to do and he's become who he is for a reason mm-hmm. of course you have to have self and then he's got the big guidance his story is really cool too. It's like if you watch his documentary, he's such a cool guy too. So after that, we hung out. We had some c- common interests too. We hung out. Oh. We speak on WhatsApp still. Like he's, yeah. he's a good How kid. good was he? Because you obviously lasted eight minutes. In the gi, like. he's very... He's like... Right now, he's doing Tanogi, so he's transitioning. He's looking good there too. He's the best. So he's never been... He's never exposed a weakness. Or like literally. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he's a chip. Like... Next Maradona. Like a four-year-old put it in a chip, do this, do this. And he told me how he prepared for me and he was, and his team. They're like, you're very scrappy. You're very uh, risk. You're a risk taker. You want to get, like you wanted to get us in. I was trying to build his confidence in the match. So he gets a bit cocky and, and leaves something behind. But he didn't leave. Yeah. He was always two steps ahead and not risking in position and not doing anything fancy, just sticking by the book. And he's trying to do that. He's trying to win. He's just trained to win no matter what. Don't risk it. And that's he said to me, he prepared like that. So, he, And he had, like, I had two months to prepare for him. He had two months to prepare for me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's a bigger risk for him. So he had to prepare even more than me. Mm. Um, and he had to, have to write, he, had yeah. to, he can't muck around. Like, I'll f- if I was him, I'd be like, man, this, he's, uh, this guy is a no-gi fighter. He's one of the best, you know, in Australia. He's been the best for a while. I'll just play play something different maybe with him. I'll I'll be different, but he's a winner. Mm. He's different. His whole brand is based on winning. His whole gym, and full credit to them. It's a, they have an amazing brand too. So for you, just so uh, just so we understand, obviously his level. If you fought him, we'll say five times. Do you think you'd win one out of five? Uh, in the gear, he probably beat me most time. Like he's and the next day we train. He's a robot, like you said. He's just yeah, on yeah, the yeah. ball. He's very good. And what he does, he doesn't play around. Like the next day we trained again, I did better in training with him uh, we trained the next day actually like me and him actually trained the next day we just uh, hang out trained. after the fight <laughs> That's yeah sick. the next day and uh we had coffee with him and um yeah he'll he'll do the same in the gear mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honest with that you know but out of five times how much are you winning i don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll win 80 90 percent probably yeah. in the gear like i'm not focused i've dedicated another four or five years and he's an adcc champion isn't he as well no, so ADC is no gi. No gi, okay. Yeah, so but full credit, man. Like, he's a product of his his parenting, his parents, and he's a product of his coaches, and he's a product of himself mm-hmm. and his own dedication. So when you put all that three together, and you got you got a gift. So, after this fight and seeing these things of like parenting, training, and then you know, analysis, how realistic do you think it is for people to get to that level? Because I know some people. When they play sports and they verse the best, they just think mm. like, oh, no, nah, it's not possible to even get there. And you kind of waver it off. Mm. What's your thoughts in terms of like, you know, training some of the young kids and thinking 
if it's possible for people to get to that level. It's actually not. like so realistic. Like it's not hard if it's the right person. You dedicate the right amount of time. It's just inevitable. Inevitable. Like it's going to happen. So maybe that quote. It's, it's, like it's simple. Yeah. But it's not easy. It's not easy. It's like, mm. for example, I think they said about like Ronaldo. Like he tells his son, "You can't drink soft drinks." Yeah. Like it's like that kind of thing. It's like the ki- he's the kid's eight. He's like, if you want to be a greater soccer player, like my level, Ronaldo, you can't drink. Like the answers soccer. are there. Yeah, but, yeah. but like, and then we spent a lot of time talking about his journey, my journey. Like we spent more time. He was, and um, we could have talked for hours with him because he was very. He's a visionary too at a young age. He's very similar to me in a different way. So we talked a lot. We it was cool, man. It was very cool because. At that level, you respect each other's journey big time. Because in the day, it's t- battle of two bodies, two skeletons. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen in that ten minutes. That's my mindset, and he knows that. He respects that because you build an art, and he builds another. He, it's like imagine this: someone's built like back. Imagine five hundred years ago, someone's building and preparing for a war on the other side of the world with two arms, two legs. Someone else is doing it on the other side of the world, and then they're going to collide on the war f- battlefield. It's so interesting. And you have mm. to respect, both sides have to respect each other. doesn't matter how good this person is, what his name is, what it is, is the skeleton versus skeleton. So he had to respect, I had to respect him. And this, that's the, the better man <coughs> one. But mm-hmm. that's, it's so unique, man. And the journey is so important. Like, and he was looking into my journey, he was asking questions, I was asking the same questions. And we clicked so much in that sense. Because imagine... So like someone's following the same path as you on another side of the world with different circumstances, different opportunities. You have your own opportunities, own own privileges. And then you that conversation is very different. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Do you feel like someone like him, because that you understand each other, do you feel like the general population just doesn't understand? Because obviously to be the yeah, best, yeah, it's yeah. a different world. Yeah, the way yeah. you guys have to think you know, can't be like yeah, the general population. Like I actually like I'm been clicking with a lot of people from other fields that are trying to be the best. Like you guys are trying to be the best at your field. Or I click with these people that you can relate to. True. Doesn't have to be in the same sport, mm. even same um, occupation. Anything. If someone's aiming to be the best, you click with them automatically because you can relate to one another. You understand each other. Similar qualities. Yeah. And I relate to when I see a seventeen-year-old or a twenty-year-old that has the same goals as me. Mm-hmm. Man, I love it, you know, because I can relate to that kid. Yeah. When most people can't relate to that kid, no, not many people can understand him. I can relate to that ten-year-old. I can relate to that thirty-year-old, forty-year-old. I can relate to that fifty-year-old world-famous kickboxer, or like I have friends in in a lot of fields that are world-famous, and I can relate to them because I know, and they can relate to you, you know. That's perfect because that like segues like perfectly into my next question, yeah. And before oh. we go, like that's why at the start, you know, you said, yeah, those people are that like those people when they sit in a like I've met people mm-hmm. in Abu Dhabi, in Dubai, in in Europe, very famous people, mm-hmm. but they're an empty shell. I sit with them, I can't wow. click with them at all. They have close to a million followers. I can't click with them. They can't because it's not authentic. They haven't walked a real path. But someone with half the following, he clicks with me, I click with him. And we're still in touch, for example. Like so many people like that. That's so that's why it's so important. You can you can fake it to the world, you know, but even them them they they will see through it. You know. Enough times you'll see through it. And there's levels to it too. Yeah. There's like a, there's different levels to that game as well. 
was, was going to segue perfectly to my next question. You sort of like touched on it, but I was going to ask, obviously, martial arts, there's a lot of like similarities that you can draw into like everyday life, you know, mm. even when you relate it back to your supervisor, Tynan, you know, your other competitions, about like things about visionary, respecting the mm. game, gratitude, the discipline, mm. the hard work, the authenticity and whatnot. Mm. I was going to ask you as Burak, what are some things that like martial arts has taught you in your everyday to day life? Or what are some things that you've drawn to it, you know? Bro, everything really, like you don't notice. Of course, our faith is, and that's a big part of it. Like this, it's very linked to our faith, of course. Our faith is the foundation and base of everything. But like martial arts, man, like I was thinking about this recently. There's a vlog coming out, the Bali vlog I did. And I did like a small like <coughs> chat and coffee. And it was cool. Nice. I mentioned that you guys will enjoy that. It's a different style. And then, um, like, you look, like, when I was 12, I was getting bullied too, like, you know, mm -hmm. remember we talked about that anyway. And then, like, you know, man, I want to be like, you watch a movie, like, man, I want to be able to defend myself and then I want to have this skill. Mm -hmm. I want to have, you know, I want to develop these weapons so if someone comes to me, man, I'm, you know, I could defend myself, I can do this on them, do that on them. And now you go, you fast track, you've become that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter which medals you have or you don't have. Mm -hmm. You're, you become that person you wanted to become. And unknowingly, you form character, like you form habits or reactions to things that you're unaware of in every field, any, any like circumstance. Like I'm just, I think by character or maybe it's not even by my character, my, this, the struggle of this path molded me into becoming a very, I'm very relaxed. Of course, the Aussie culture is very relaxed, but I'm so relaxed. Like I wouldn't panic under, very hard for me to get, to panic or like get angry or like react what and do you attribute that to that's from the struggle of the path the martial arts path because like something like i'll just solve it like i'll just figure it out boom figure it out like i'll be like bro just don't worry relax we're gonna figure it out like it's not good all the time of course it's it's a it's a floor as well but it's it's it comes from a confidence it does cost me at times but mm -hmm. just being so like relaxed and that comes from your ability to solve problems constantly and, and, and you're solving very high, you're like high level problems every single day of your life. Physical, you know, mm. conflict. <laughs> it's massive. And you go, you just do things, man. Everything, literally, bro. Like everything is your confidence, the way you talk to people, the way you handshake, the way you look at someone's eyes, the way you talk to them, the way you, even now, like the way I do business or the way I network with people, the way I, whatever it is. Um, of course, some have to be molded into what you're doing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't take it home, you know. You don't take it to your interaction with your family, and of course, even that has benefits. But just being an alpha, like it just just makes you alpha. But in a lot of fields, that's true. And Literally it's everything, but and you can't fake that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's all a balance as well. Yeah. Like even like training, like if you I say like training from competing, mm. you know, you work on the same things till you get it right. Yes. You know, but you do it in an environment like within a community mm. of like other people, which teaches you humility, you know, because you don't walk, you don't walk around with a bit of an ego, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like even like, even if you take the example of like BJJ, yeah, you go to a gym and you might be a white belt and then there's a, um, what's called blue belt. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. ranked higher than you. Then you got a blue belt. He's ranked higher than someone. There's always someone. So there's a hierarchy in that system, yeah. which you got to respect. That's why it's so important to preserve hierarchy in yeah. the gym. That's what I'm very big about. That's why the gi, the, the belt system, and the hierarchy, like lining up and all these things, are very important. Because you got to preserve that hierarchy. 
yeah and that hierarchy breeds respect and that goes even like even going back to the training and you talk about you being in like in a relaxed field like those things come under like stress under yes. pressure you, you build know them like that exactly and how you react then and there will dictate how you react with it in a real life scenario you know and if you obviously if you're too relaxed and you're too cocky or let's say you're too calm about it that you might get beat in that situation yeah. but if you have too much of like let's say a knee-jerk reaction yeah and a reaction that you shouldn't have had then that can also get you submitted so it's like finding that sort of like it's crazy, bro. Yeah, there's, there's so many analogies you can draw yeah. from it. You but know? think about, like, the population, right? Like, yeah, it's different. Like, think about all the martial arts. This is the most physical, physically, like, I don't know, conflicting or, like, mm -hmm. interacting. You're actually feeling the other person's soul, literally. Because, mm -hmm. like, you, I could feel someone break. I could feel someone give up. I could feel someone... Yeah. Well, I can literally uh, feel that and I can sense it from their, the way their body moves. Like... Do me a favor quickly before yeah. you finish your next so point. Just turn this like that, and then bang. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah. So like, I could see, I could feel someone breaking. I could feel their spirit breaking. Like you know, like you can literally feel them drown. So you throw someone into the ocean, and you can see that in their face. You know, like, and being able to do that, to someone is it's it's not cool, but like it's um, <laughs> it gives you that different aspect of confidence, which is a natural confidence. It's not a, it's not ego. It's just. You can you can be ego depends how you handle it but it's actually your natural that's just natural confidence. Sure. Yeah. Like you, imagine meeting like Khalid bin Walid like imagine meeting him. Just meet the way his his aura or his it's his faith of course, but look what he's struggled with every single day of his life constantly, problem solving how to do this how to attack this boom boom. Like you don't know imagine we watch his vlog you know. Yeah. That'd be Literally, a sick bro. Like, mm. inshallah, we would one day, bro. Inshallah, yeah. inshallah. Like, but, bro, like, imagine his aura when he walks into a room. You can only build that from a from a pathway. You can't fake that. Of course, that level's different. Their level is very different. But you feel that, man. And that, I think martial arts is is big big factor in that. Someone like you who lives bjj it's literally it's a part of your identity not being bjj like i just live martial arts, yeah, martial arts. i don't, I don't want to even say bjj yeah okay but martial you know? arts yeah. it's it's a part yeah, of who burak sarman is yeah. for the general population for the people that you know the kids that come in two three days a week and they're in their early stages because you've been doing it for so long it's hard to gauge the character development because it is who you are it's your identity but how about for the kid that's 10 years old he's been going for like two years to BJJ what's the character development you see often in the kids or the newcomers like is it because I know the things they learn in any form of martial arts is going to affect their everyday life yeah like my, my, my brother runs the kids program like Boris Salman he runs the he's a head kids coach of course I'm on the mat helping him but you see some kids man they come they sit like like so many kids man like we do a before and after like four years ago, two years ago, one year ago, we were doing that recently and it trips you out. Some kids couldn't go to the toilet by themselves, literally. Wow. And now they're taking down someone or someone's on top of them and they're smiling. <laughs> that is crazy. So, you know, they can't go to the toilet by themselves but another kid's about to strangle them and they're smiling. It's a different person, yeah. It's massive, yeah. Character development. And that happens over a few months and then imagine that kid continues. It's just about continuing, bro. It's nothing else. Like, I say to the boys, like, all the time, most of the time I've been trying to say this, like, I've been trying to do two things lately. Before, after class, I've been trying to remind everyone that most important thing is to turn up and be present every time you turn up and have a goal. 
And the second thing is, of course, the longevity, turning up and like turning up because 10 years, like if you turn up three days a week for the next five years, you're going to be a different person physically. You're going to be a different person because that struggle is going to make build you. You're a different father. You're going to be a different mother. You're going to be a different older brother. You know, you're going to be a different businessman. You're going to be a different whatever it is you're doing. You're going to be different and it's going to, it's going to affect that positively. That's true. And that's with anything as well. It's like if you pour, let's just say, a day's worth in a week, yeah, and it's hard and you give it 100%. Yeah, no. Over a year, you've only accounted, what, for let's say 52 weeks, only 52 sessions of hard work, you know what I mean? But if you go lighter and then do it consistently, let's say four days yeah. a week or something like that, over time when you look back at it, it's going to like quadruple in terms of its like effect. Oh, you you seen, know? I've seen it all. Like you've seen people um, that come in, coach, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to become this. Can I book a private? Can I do this now? Can I do a private class as well? Can I do this as well? Can I? Okay, you can't do one at the moment. Just turn up normal class. <laughs> yeah. It's the excitement, yeah? Yeah, Takes it's over. excitement and then six months and now I bump into him four years later on the street. Yeah. Mm. And, okay, what happened to you, man? Mm-hmm. You know? They don't have to do jiu-jitsu. They don't have to come to my academy. They just have to have a pathway they're following True. for their physical condition and martial, like for their self-defense. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be soccer. It can be anything. But try to choose the one you struggle most with, mm. you know. Consistency and discipline That's go hand first in hand. Second thing, I won't change topic, but I'll talk about the second thing after. But like this first one, just turn up, man. Like, just turn up. Because if you turn up, like right now, you look at the gym now, you line up, 40, 50 people line up, end of class. White belt, advanced beginner, black belt, brown belt, purple belt, whatever. Father, he's just, he's a student full-time. One's a father, one's a police, one's this, one's that, you know. Not all of them are going to turn up four days consistently or three days consistently for the next 10 years. Not everyone. But if, if you're the one that turns up for the next 10 years, for four days straight, man, you'll be a black belt. Like yeah. You'll be a really good black belt. So really, that, that's really your metric, belt. four days a week for 10 years? Four days. Like you can start with two. Even two for 10 years is massive. So that's what I say, man. Imagine the person you want to be in 10 years. Or don't even imagine it. Just... Look back 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'll look back 10 years ago. If the people I started with stuck by me or my students that were training with me five years ago stuck by it, there'll be another Burak. That's true. Or there'll be another whatever, whoever they are. Like they, that's yeah. them. They won't, they won't be it's anyone, but you know, they'll be amazing as well for who they are. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say because it's very important. And I've been focusing on the over 25s a lot because they're so busy already. I've just been watching them and talking to them like they're busy. They just like they've already busy, have so much goals, ambitions, like even 25, 30. And then 30 plus, they're already 35 plus, they're different. But they're, they're the most consistent, bro. They're the ones that are improving the most. Was the 25 are, plus? Yes. Oh, wow. Because they 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 know have a sense of purpose, of course, and they yeah. appreciate what it does for their life. True. The 15, 16, 18 year old takes it for granted because they're after the clicks, the likes. Yeah. And whatever they're doing on their phone, you know. I know, I know. For me, I'm turning 25 in two months, and I look and I'm like, damn. For example, like I wasted, not wasted, but you have the ideas. Like, what did I accomplish in the last seven years? Because you don't have this, like it, with the it was most martial arts. There's like a metric. Like I became a brown belt, purple belt, whatever it is, and then you're like, damn. You know, if I'm 25, that's something I'm not gonna do because the time's gonna pass anyway. And that's the mindset you more have. And for a young guy who's 18, 20, they're like, what's the difference if I start now? 
some people want, like you said, the instant gratification. Maybe they want the good body. They go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see it a lot with brothers. They go to the gym. They're like, yeah, I've been training for three, four years. And like three, four years, your physique should be at least pretty decent. Yeah. But then it's the same kind of thing where it's like, you ask them how their training routine is. And they're like, yeah, I went three months. I stopped for, I've been slacking for the last couple months. Yep. And I go again for six months. Then I'm off for four months. It's like, even if you went two days a week throughout it and you just nonstop, you know, trained, you have so much better results. You know, like slow. You know what's humbling? I was in, um, like, wherever I go around the world to train, people notice me. Like, if there's just gym, most of them notice me, and it's a humbling experience because, like, the confidence aspect and like whatever it gives me. Like, I'm a 13 year old burak that's in this body right now. Mm. It trips me out. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah, I'm a 13 year old burak that wanted to become someone. Now I'm in that body that physical shape or technique and mechanic, whatever it is. You can walk into any room in the world, any martial arts room, the hardest room in the world, a, a grappling room, and you can, like, nine out of ten people, like, I could probably, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy, man. Like, it's just, and like I said, anyone could do that. If they're consistent, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have that confidence. You can walk into any martial arts room and hang in there with everybody. You don't have to beat them all. Like, you don't have to be a Maradona or you don't have to beat nine out of ten people. But you can be that person. And that's in the room of martial, like a martial arts room. That's a grappling room, the hardest room, wrestling room. Imagine day-to-day life. You walk into a business meeting and none of the people have that struggle. Or you walk into the opportunity of your life and you have that mm-hmm. in your pocket. What that's going to give you. It's crazy. It is, yeah. And consistency is one thing as well. And I want everybody in my gym, because yeah. I physically interact with them, to have that. Yeah, That's the most important thing. Not a medal, not this, not your Instagram post. is to have that. Because once they have that, bro, one, you're going to have like lifelong effect on them and they're going to be, they're going to love you for that. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't, it doesn't matter, but you're going to see the fruits. True. Imagine I'm 40 and 50 and I see that, you know? Oh, that would be a massive accomplishment. And I see it now. I actually literally see it from like, even 30, my, my students that are older, Above 30. I see the effect it has in their life. The way they walk changes, literally. Yeah. Like people say, man, what happened to this guy since for the past two years? Like He just turns up, bro. I didn't do nothing. It's him. And Some people... I just make sure that atmosphere and the environment yeah. and the character and then, you know, the, the vibe is correct and everything's the sh- structure, there's hierarchy. I just make sure these things are there and then I make sure to try to multiply myself and they turn up, they do everything. I'll do 20% maybe, you know? I was just going to say, some people like have this individual in their life, like what you're doing with the other people, creating that connection, long-term connection. But some people are yearning for it. They're actually looking for that one mm. person. And all it takes is for you to give them that extra connection, extra belief, and then it just changes everything. Yeah, bro. It's honestly I, I, a phenomenal. I th- yeah, I think it's more so, yeah, the third place thing. It's like, you know when like people mm. yearn or like that sort of guidance or something. I think it all goes back down to that person go putting themselves in a position or in a place where they love or they enjoy doing yeah. it. Do you get what I mean? Then that guidance becomes a bit easier. Do you get what I mean? Like if I didn't love BJJ, or let's say I don't like, I don't know, let's say something, tennis. Yeah, I don't like tennis. Yeah, I love tennis, by the way. But let's say I didn't like tennis and I get put in a room with Djokovic or Federer or something along the I'm not going to go seek his guidance. It's all going to fall on like deaf ears, you know? It's true. So it's like that balance between the two. But I want to say something, yeah, because consistency is one thing, you know, um, and like Ashraf was saying before, like you need to have some sort of metric. Do you know what I mean? Like 
you ask a brother that's been training for three years, but he's only been training off and on, or let's say he goes into the gym and he doesn't really have a plan, that doesn't do you like any favors as well. I think that second part is like being intentional. And I know you, yeah. I, I see you do it in the gym as well, where it's like, okay, rock up, show up, and then reap rewards. But I think the second part to it is, is rock up, you know, show up, reap the rewards, but also have a plan behind it all. You know what I mean? It's like that analogy where they say, you know, like a ship in the ocean, if it doesn't have a destination, then it's just going to just go in whatever way the wind yeah. takes it, you know? I'm big on that too. And I've been, uh, I'll be saying that too, because that in, when, you, when you're intentional in your path and your, your attendance, that one hour is equal to 10 hours. Or else that one hour is not even an hour sometimes. If you're coming in there just to bench press and like work out and struggle and beat someone, you're not learning. That's another aspect. So you're not got, if you're trying to beat everybody you come to training with, you're not building anything. You're just beating. You're just feeding ego. And you'll win a few medals. And even if you're a black belt, you're not going to get far in that bigger aspect of things. Mm -hmm. Competition is a very small aspect of what we do. Very small. I've, you know, I've built more on the mat because I've been very experimental and and I've been trying to like not, I'm just trying to be intentional. Like I want to work this. I want this is my weakness. That's my weakness. So if you're intentional in that and then where you're going as well on top of that, what do I want to do with this in five years or three years? which aspect of my life am I going to use this for? You have that, plus you have intentional in terms of training. That's, of course, the environment, the coaching is very important. But if you have both, that one hour is equal sometimes 30, 40 hours. Is that, uh, we had a past guest on Kamal Ibrahim. He's a soccer player. He played in the A-League, mm. Muslim brother. And he has an organization sure. called One Ball. And when he, he, so he trains kids, you know, soccer, tries to teach yeah. them. But he says, like, even bringing them for soccer, the same as probably Bashar Hawley says, bringing them for footy, I'm trying to teach them more than just footy or soccer. It's all this personal development and stuff like that. Yeah. When you think of training people in the gym, are you thinking 50, like BJJ or martial arts is the main focus or is it personal development for when they leave the dojo? Is it 50-50? Everything, yeah. Okay. So I want to give them, because those mechanics, like grappling, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that's, because it's so co physically conflicting and it's like interact, you're giving so much to the person. So the, him understanding a mechanic or technique and him applying it, naturally he's going to have, you know, naturally he's going to use that somehow. Whether psychologically or his interactions with people, he's going to use that without even noticing. Like, you know, I said, he's at a party. Yeah, it's, it's, it's who I am. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm that, I'm that person that I used to look up. Like, I used to look in magazines, like, or you see, like, cartoons or whatever, like, when I was thirty, like, oh, that person, like, oh, you know? Yeah. You become that person. So you that everybody can use it straight into their own life. Whatever it is. Because if they solve a technique, it's hard to do. And there's another body that's trying to beat them and outsmart them and you outsmart that. That's gonna like you're leading to so much things in your like normal life, hundred percent. Like every, your interaction and then your dealings. But my focus is definitely it's of course, it's both. But my, my focus is that. And then, like, one person, I saw him. I got to know him better. I'll tell you who it is after the podcast. I, I walk, he walked to the class, and he's fuming. Like, he's just... I could see his, his brain's, like, he's thinking. Yeah. He's thinking, like, so much, man. He can't even do the... He's doing the one, but he can't do it. I go, are you all right, bro? Like, and then um, he goes, bro, I just got to go to work, man. And then he just left, man. He went to work. <laughs> He came to the class and left him. Yeah, he left. Yeah. I asked, I go, bro, go if you need to go. And he goes, bro, I just got to solve this because I can't, can't function. Then I noticed he's into like, he's into big things. Like, 
he runs a big company, etc. So they go, well, it's triggering, like something's triggering. And you can relate to that somehow. And you go, man, this guy's up to something, you know? So you see that in there too. Like sometimes it's important to, to hey, like you can come to class, you can be thinking about something. Share it with, if you have, you should have the, not the courage, but the relationship with your coaches and your brothers there, you know, your teammates or your peers, to share it with a few of them. Like, man, look, I'm not feeling the best. Let's just take it easy. Let's just do this. Mm. So he learned that later on. But like, I just, you can notice, it's literally, because you're about to physically, it's not like football. Or it's not like anything else. It's different. Mm -hmm. Like swimming. If you're not focused when you're swimming, I don't swim too much, but like, you're probably going to run out of breath. You, mm. You're going to start drowning. You're going to start seeing stars. If you're not focused, then like, uh, you can zone out, but certain things have to be there. Yeah, there's a difference between like um, team sports and individual sports. I was talking to my brother about this recently because yeah. we grew up playing team sports only. And we n we think about it now, it's like there's da there's days where you can easily just hide. Yeah. And you can get away with it. Whereas like individual sports, you can't because, you know, yeah. you against you. So I do sometimes do this, like when I'm thinking too much. I just When I train, I just try to forget or I try to solve it as I'm training. It's not good, but yeah. <laughs> I try to do it, but it's not <laughs> actually good. You can get injured. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're rather zoning out. But I just kind of have fun with it. Like it's like I'm surfing or something. You know how some people jog? Like, I've got yeah. to get it yeah, or they nice. go for a drive or like The roll cleans your bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're just mind. like Yeah, I solved it now. Yeah. That's uh, that I do what I training most sometimes. I gotta tell you, that's when you gotta start archery. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. the hadith is if, um if you're ever anxious, distressed or you have like things going on, like depression and things like that. And uh, the Prophet Muhammad said, "Pick Sassana. up your bow and shoot." Wow, see that. So that's the cure. Like if you think about it, it's like the Prophet didn't say, "Go for a run," whatever he said. And pick I guess up your it's bow probably the same thing in, Wait, how's in, the in all the Sunnah sports. Cure? So the Prophet said it. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. That's literally like sufficient. The same as honey, black seed, zamzam water. It's like if you're distressed, anxious, if you have worries, pick up your bow and shoot. I wonder the logic behind it. Yeah, interesting. So I think it's it's. Just, I think also yeah. in the sports, probably the same meaning. Maybe I, I, I don't know what this, how the scholars interpret it, but because I would not be able to shoot a bow straight if I was not focused. Just imagine going. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. about archery. You have yeah. to be. 100%. I guess when you're really good at it, yeah, it's just like you're thinking. Like you see, like yeah. I don't know if it's the same as um, wrestling, but the saying in archery is: the better you get, the worse you get. Yeah, same with us. Depends yeah. who you're. Like, you, like I am looking of training partners that can really will beat me up mm -hmm. it's the biggest gift when I find someone it's hard but like it's what you're looking for you're looking for constant or you don't look for it you free, you do it to yourself you do it to yourself did you just understand what I mean yeah, no, that's true. I see it. Yeah. so like if I'm, I'm improving every day whether I'm with training with a white belt a blue belt or a black belt yeah. but it's up to you to trick yourself because you can always it's always something to improve in grappling in jiu-jitsu yeah. Because it's, it's, it's endless, the techniques and positionings and there's things you could develop. So you got to develop yourself in areas of weakness. So I've, for me, I have so much weakness. For someone else, Burak doesn't have weakness, but I have so much weakness. So I've got to develop them all the time on that. Yeah. So it doesn't get boring, one. And two, I'm improving. Mm. You know? So I, I guess it's the same concept. But I, I, do, I, know, how, I know how that can happen because when you're really good at something, you get comfortable. You get comfortable and it's um, it's it's a sort of like zoning out. Yeah. And like boom, okay. Okay, okay, done. Yeah. Like it's I can see that for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting now thinking about like we've gotten speakers on to speak about 
pretty much all the sunnah sports. Anything about like swimming, like you said, it's you versus you. The same as archery. It's, yeah, you, yeah, it's you and yeah, the target. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then horsemanship is very similar to being like a shepherd. It's you and the animal though. It's like they're, they're fighting against you and you need to learn to tame it. Mm. But then wrestling, it's you against another person that technically you have to kind of like overthrow. Or it's like again you versus you, but... But there's still like another opponent fighting you. Like you, you get it compared to swimming or archery, it's completely yeah. different. It's just you and a target. Yeah. It's a still object, you and the water. Yeah. And then horsemanship, it's like having a animal. Like you just, as soon as you train it, it's different. You're not training your BJJ yeah, partner in not. a competition. It's just you against them. Obviously, you're the reason you can lose. Like you said, I think yeah. your explanation of BJJ is like, it's like a puzzle. Yes, 100%. That's how you explain BJJ. And it's very similar. Like I remember I used to do bouldering. Okay. You know what bouldering is? No. It's rock climbing without a harness. It's not okay. high. It's like five meters, right, six, right, yeah. six meters. But I remember I was getting trained one time and it said bouldering is a puzzle. And then that day I heard you say, and I'm like, damn, like elite, you know, because he's always like a state champion. He goes, elite yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. how they think of it. It's probably the same as soccer, basketball, learning to dribble. It's like reading the opponent and stuff like that. And that's what BJJ is like. You can lose the fight before you even get in there. Mm. If you don't have the right mindset. 100%. So of everything. Yeah, well, you versus you is a big thing, but you're right. Like, for actually what it is, yeah. Yeah, do you know, like, obviously you've had your experience in martial arts. Do you know why, mm. like, wrestling, judo, these kind of things is a sumo sport? Like, the reason behind it? Like, do you see the development you get out of it? Or um, the people? Well, I can give example from children, like a three-year-old. You teach a three-year-old to kick or punch. It's a form of aggression. Like, you're triggering violence in the kid without knowing. Like you actually mm. are like, but when you're teaching them wrestling or a, a non-striking martial art, like you're triggering a bit more peace. Of course, it's a bit it's violent again, but it's more, it's problem solving and you're hugging, you're dropping, you're controlling and that's more natural for a kid. That The others trigger some sort of violence. I don't know if there's any research being done, but I, that's from my experience, what I'm, what I'm saying. Like, and you don't want to, you don't want to trigger that. Of course, he has to be let out, but you don't want to trigger that on a day-to-day basis. And that kid, when he when he's 15, 16, is different to a kid that's been doing a sunnah sport until they're 15. Mm-hmm. It's very different. I've seen that development. They're very different. The confidence is different. And because a lot of people like, and like, I'll just talk about grappling in general. Like, I'm not a scholar, but I'll just talk about grappling. Like, when you have physical conflict, like, if I get close to you, most people will be like, that's, that's my personal space. And they start to, their heartbeat will start to, you know, straight away increase. But a wrestler or a grappler or a sunna, you know, like sunna sport, wouldn't feel that most of the time because they're dealing with that constantly. It's, it's every day. Like mm. they wrestle in the, the, the cyber wrestle in the mosque, they wrestle there, they'll have challenges. There's like, there's a lot of the revelations, like mm. so many different ones. Um, it's crazy. And then the ability to control, for example. I think we explained this, like, I did do a lines thing, yeah, the, the story. Did we explain the last podcast? Which one? Then? I don't know, I said it somewhere, but Battle. I did do a line in the middle of the battlefield, the, the, he drops, he drops the... Um, Shield? No, he drops the, the... The flag. No, no, he drops the, the kuffar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like before... He drops him. <laughs> he mounts him. Uh, yeah. Like, they say he controls him and he's about to, he's about to kill him. Ah, uh, you did. And he spits on his face, and he doesn't kill him anymore. And he's and he asks him, "Why didn't you kill me?" 
He says, I didn't kill you. I was going to kill you for the sake of Allah because we're, we're, on, we're on the field, battlefield. Because you spat on my face, I was going to react with my nefs and I was going to kill you for my nefs. So I stopped killing you. That's a revelation like we can look into it. But so the moral story, in my perspective for that, he would he should have been... He should have been controlling him crazy, middle middle like how what kind of control hold? What what did he do? You know, like, mm. it's interesting. How did you control someone and lift up a ten kilo sword, and not do it, and control him that much? Ego check. Yeah, so it's the the ability to control, the ability to handle conflict, you know, mm. handle emotion. Of course, even that's control faith. of the nafs. Yes, like that's a big one. To imagine that. Imagine that's you're the about biggest. to kill someone. Yeah. you have the sword and someone spits in your face. You're like. Man, I'm gonna cut you up even more. Yeah, that's what it is. That just shows his level of iman, of course. And but I'm talking in terms of martial arts. Like he, ha- he should have, he would have been controlling him crazy in that position. Like what kind of hold he had him in that he can comfortably do that and make that decision mm-hmm. as well. But end of the day, it's what again. What do we do? Like, why do we do things? Do we do it for our nafs? Do we do it for for the sake of Allah? You know, mm-hmm. that's the, the yeah. sincerity side of things. But Bro, it's crazy. Like the kids, you look at kids, you look at adults, you look at any, like you look at whole families train at the gym. So many, like four, four, five siblings train. You see the whole family change. But if they were doing another martial art, like a non-sunnah martial art, it doesn't, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, but there's no no end to grappling as well. Yeah. Like you could do it a million times and the only thing technically that's holding you back is your cardio and unless you get an unforeseen injury. Mm. Whereas with other sports, it's like you gotta. With grappling, you can go, always go at a hundred percent, you know. But if you go do Muay Thai, if you go to do like MMA or some sort, you know, you can't strike exactly hundred yeah, percent, or you might need a bit of a headgear. So you gotta hold back as well. Whereas this one, it's like you can't. You don't have to hold back at all. And then you can go ten times in the space of an hour. Whereas this one, it's like if you knock them out, cause you've knocked them out. But uh, no, because I know Burak's my a reference with anything Turkish. Is there <laughs> is there like a rich history in wrestling in Ottoman? Because obviously the Ottoman um, Khalifas four five hundred yeah. years was wrestling a big part of, of their course, history. Yeah. Of course, it's a, it's, it's a Sunnah first of all, and they practice most Sunnahs, like all okay. the Sunnahs as well. They were um, yeah hundred percent. Have you ever tried to incorporate like some of the because the Ottomans had their own technique to maybe like training, you know, like what a coach does. Have you ever like done research into that? I haven't Have done research. But it's interesting, like watching TV series and <laughs> even how they get into wrestling. hearing stories. Like they'll wrestle on the grass, they'll wrestle everywhere, they'll wrestle at the masjid. It's just so common, and the form of training done is they're definitely embedded into the grappling, very hundred percent. Because you drop your swords in the on the battlefield, it's it's unarmed combat. True. So you have to, <coughs> and I'm not like. Like surely they knew how to do arm locks. Surely they we talked about this last time. Surely they knew how to strangle someone better than us. Yeah, you know, like or a leg lock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they knew how to break a leg. They know how to break a leg. You know. Yeah, they're hundred percent stronger. Like yeah. the things they used to carry and yeah. stuff like that. It's, yeah. It doesn't compare to what. Yeah. You know. But we dedicated we dedicated our life to a craft. Yeah, true. Like, like we dedicated, but we developed different aspects. But of course, bro, like they they dedicated their life to war. And spreading, and defending their, you know, everything. So it's a it's a big confidence element. So if they didn't have that, it'll be a big weakness. But surely, hundred percent, they had it. You know, like they have to. And is wrestling or martial arts popular in Turkey today? 
Because I know like soccer is probably their number one sport. It is, it is, yeah. yeah. Wrestling is very popular. I know like I'm friends with some Olympians um, in Turkey, very nice people, very hardworking athletes, cra- um, crazy. And they're really fun to train with as well. Um, but it is popular, but it is like the circumstances, like people are involved in livelihood. And I don't know how it is, but like the, I don't know, social media has influenced the whole world, literally. So even Turkey, where there's so much talent, people are not really, it's hard to find the gems. But there is people coming up the ranks for sure. It is popular, but livelihood's a bit more harder. And, um, and people are just distracted as well. I don't. I think people are the problem of everything. Like it's not yeah. whatever it is. People are, bro. We're the biggest problem. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, imagine someone that's twenty four seven. Like, I don't know if you do this. Where's Instagram used the most? Or we all do it ourselves. We have our own weaknesses for this. But I'm the worst at Instagram. Yeah, because bro, energy. Mm. Your energy is literally not there. You're not there. You're mm. not. You're not where you are. Mm. So then, there's no spirit. So imagine. A country or or a state that doesn't do, does does that twenty so there's no spirit anymore. It's crazy, man. There's so much connect, but it's so much disconnect at the same yeah. time. Yeah, so it influences generations and generate, especially this TikTok and trending, and you get views, mm, attention. Like the videos I see, man, it's not it's not normal. <laughs> yeah, what they do for like fifty year olds, man. Yeah, <laughs> what they do for views, it's crazy. And then you go, and then you see someone doing like double triple backflips at 10 years old that's all like and then you've seen there's a video um a kid jumping in um so they got they got like um what do you call it foam mats no no they got what's those things you carry uh uh, like the forklift carries yeah pallets crates yeah yeah yeah, crates yeah Yeah. so you got crates they'll put um they'll put like a fence underneath like a fence underneath the crate so it becomes like a thing so the kids are doing this in, in turkey they're jumping on it Doing back parkour. front flips. Yeah, parkour. Boom, back flips. <laughs> and they have their shoes are ripped. Whoa. Their ter- shirts are ripped. That's their training. Wow. So imagine you pick that kid up. You bring him to Salmon Academy and you train him. That's, an, that's a goal. That's an ambition. I have, inshallah, if, if Allah allows me to, like all around the world, to all the, anyone that's in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. But like, look at that, man. Like, yeah. You got a kid like that and then you got the same kid that's trying to get views on TikTok. Yeah, and majority, it's like eighty percent of the kids are on the TikTok side. They're not on that side, unfortunately. Speaking of coming up the ranks and kids in different mindset, and also twenty twenty three, a couple of your students became world champions. Yeah, um, specifically Mikhail as well. Yeah, one of them going back to back. Um, yeah, um, it's how's that feel as a coach? It's amazing. Yeah. I actually going to release the vlog. We did it on an iPhone, so we'll see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, trying to sure. get so many YouTubers that do it. Trying to get edited at the moment, yeah. so. Um, as I feel as a coach to bro, see one of your students you know it's uh, it was crazy I had tears when it happened because you see the father's work ethic his work ethic and you see the connection you not get to know a kid you, you really go wow man like and there's so many potential in the gym of course but as a coach it's a feeling because I go wow man like I never like I said I, I never thought of never had the aspiration of being a young coach it just happens mm-hmm just happened. So for this to happen as well is massive for me because one, you have a personal connection with your student. Two, it's 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 surreal because it's, it's not, not everyone ha- has that opportunity to feel the, what, I, what I felt that day as well. True. You know, but it inspires me because I love giving credit where it's due. That's just my character. And if someone deserves the credit, 
if I don't give the credit to that person, it's 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 my flaw. You know what I mean? And like I said before as well, like that's the biggest weakness we have as well as leaders and, and as privileged people in the community. We're not just we didn't become leaders or we didn't become influence inf- people of influence. We're privileged by that. For in front of the camera or the microphone, it's a privilege from Allah. So it's my duty to give the credit where where it's true, especially if it's your own student. I'm like that with everybody. Like I said, if any Australian kid won the world title, it's as if, of course, it's a different feeling, but I have to take pride in that as an Australian champion or whatever it is. As an Australian. As a community leader, like, I feel that big time. Like, if uh, someone, uh, if a Muslim around the world becomes world champion, I'm, man, I'm over the moon by that, you know? Straight away. I don't care. I, I know him, I don't know him. His win is my win. True. You know? And... Yeah, it's and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's massive. And I had that I witnessed that one to one. Like I was screaming and he was there. Yeah. And he has like really different habits. Before he gets very nervous. Mm-hmm. Like we went to the water park. He he can't go on a water slide. Yeah. But he still does it. Yeah. He still does it. He goes to fear. He's like he just runs that fear. He's scared, but he still does it. He's nervous, but he still does it. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit crazy. You gotta be a bit crazy. And yeah, at, at the age of 12 as well, at yeah? At 12, yeah. So my biggest thing as well is longevity and consistency, right? Mm. So I want to see Mikhail when he's 18, when he's 20, doing the same things, inshallah. That's the goal. Wait, um, any, any student in the kid, like a four-year-old, I want that four-year-old to be... So the, the goal is to... The product, end product, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the 18-year-old, in a, in a way. 18 to 25, and then... You want them to be an asset for themselves, asset to the community, and asset to their family. Mm-hmm. Once you have that, bro, it doesn't matter if there's world titles or no world titles. Mm-hmm. So, and he's, he's walking that pathway. He's, that has, he's walking in. Where do you see him at 18, 20? Same. Like, if he keeps going, he'll be one of the best grapplers in the world. Um, and and most importantly, the focus on his character, and that's a duty upon myself and his father and and and... Yeah, that's that's what it is on his family as well. So, and I, I treat all my students the same. Like when Mikael walks into the mat, or any anyone walks into the mat, any world champion, all my students are equal for me on that time. You know, I give the same energy to every single one of them. You know, of course, the ones that approach you, the ones that want ask you questions. You know, you you give you have to because they're approaching you, but you don't go out of your way to. Um, you know, treatment yeah, special like treatment, mm-hmm. especially in front of everybody. But that's the second thing I was going to say is, I mean, the second thing I've been trying to do is notice the quiet ones in the gym. Okay. Like notice the quiet ones in that room that can't talk, that are a bit, m- bit more shy, even the adults that can't interact. I've been trying to like get closer to those kind of people, especially the kids, the quiet kids. They're the hidden gems. They are. They actually are because... You don't know what lies in that kid or that adult. You don't know what problem they're facing. I remember there was an Aussie guy that was coming. I won't say his name. A few years ago. And he was coming training very quietly. He was a blue belt. He's training. And then someone said to me he was he was considering suicide. For so long. And he mentioned to someone. Look, man, I couldn't. And I, I talked to him a few times. But, I, man, I should have just had one. Like, I go to my. And then we talked and. Alhamdulillah, he helped. And I, sometimes he pops in and out. But I, I've actually, I should call him. Um, so, and then you never know. Like, an inter- like your sincere interaction with someone, a sincere handshake can change them. 
Imagine you teach them something. Mm. So for me, Mikhail is just a bonus. But Mikhail is amazing because he's a product of his family, his father, his work ethic, his dedication, his passion. It's amazing. You know? I love it. But this is very this is something people neglect. Like it's easy to teach someone that wants to be taught or that's outgoing and you're noticeable, but it's hard to teach a student that's quiet, that's mm. that doesn't doesn't expose himself. He's scared to expose himself. Mm. And he can end up anywhere in life. You know, so that's the second thing I've been trying to notice. Not just key kids at all. Like, I've been telling my coaches, my brother's really good at this anyway. Like, he's really good at this. Um, I've been trying to neg- like notice those quiet people that are... Like, imagine a kid that's been bullied all his life. And you give him one sense of your handshake, or you roll with him, or you show him something. Man, that can change. Like, that could that changed my life, probably. You know, like, some interactions I had. Mm. And it's people ten times worse than me at my state when I was 13 so you don't know so I'll be trying to, I think it's a duty as well it's a duty upon and Allah will ask me why I didn't do it if I neglect that so I want, I'm lately I've been trying to do that mm-hmm. and that, that links up to like the world championship topic too because that's a product of course it's a product of like I said everything but uh, this is the most important aspect people neglect the longevity I actually want to do like a martial arts parents a course kind of thing like later on maybe mid next year for parents parenting course it's a great idea yeah. Yeah. for them to actually roll into BJJ or just to guide the parents mindset as it because yeah. ah, okay. they call soccer parents yeah just take them there and then boom. and then there's a lot of uh, toxic problems in the community not just jiu-jitsu but in every sport mm. a kid a, a, a father trying to live their dream through a kid you see that in your gym Alhamdulillah, in my gym, I, I put an end to it straight away, mm. you know, in the best way possible, like in the most kindest way. It always works because you, when you explain it and you put them in, in a place where they, um, where, where they can relate to what you're saying to them, because you show them like you don't show them the future, but you say, look, this is how it could potentially end up. And you don't want this, you know. It's just yeah, you, you, you make jokes about it, but it's not like, like ev- like your kid. Not everyone's kid is a Ronaldo. Mm-hmm doesn't have to be like mm. <laughs> your kid doesn't have to be Ronaldo if it does if he does yes that's fine but if your kid is not good for their family their community for themselves doesn't matter if he's a Ronaldo or not it doesn't matter at all bro we don't understand this and and there's so much underlying facts and disciplines that parents should be thinking about mm-hmm. martial arts parents um, but that's so important bro like we're all traumatized in different ways dealing with older people when we're young I want to avoid I want certain parents like we all have flaws we all have mistakes but parents should avoid the main mistakes because they can reward the passion of their kid the longevity of their kid and traumatise the kid and your relationship with your own kid when the kid's 16 so when the 16 said dad why'd you do this mm. why did you do this to me literally why did you act like this do this like imagine filming a kid when he's seen this overseas, like overseas, I've seen so many, like in America, filming, like four-year-old has a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. or five-year-old has a YouTube channel, or like, that kid can grow up as when he's 17 and say, Dad, why did you let me open a YouTube channel at five years old? Look how look how I look to the world. Mm-hmm. I've got views, You make we make money from it, whatever, but like, that kid can turn around and say, why did you allow me to do this? Mm-hmm. Your duty is to protect me, 
you know, in morally, ethically, in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Some people might disagree, but I'm not really firm on it. But like, this is definitely a big factor. You know? For your business, because like you have a specific mindset, but at Salman Academy, obviously, you're not the only trainer. Yeah. Is it a hard thing to instill the culture with the other trainers and stuff? Because sometimes you might find it's really important because you lived it and you're like, yeah. and then another trainer comes or another brother that's a yeah, part yeah. of the team and he, to him it's not that important. How is it like Trial and error, business? one. And two, it's really understanding and knowing that person at a personal level. Like you've seen the coach. Yeah. They're hidden, they're hidden weapons. Like they seem like they don't know much, they're not confident, but they've got so much of thing. But of course, like curriculum planning, lesson planning, all those things are there. They follow a s- certain structure. And they are free certain times to really go out of that bubble too because then you have to give to different people different needs. But the main mindset is character. I don't care if you're world champion or how much how famous you are or what, how you can talk to someone or impress someone. If you're not giving those core principles, because anybody can teach an armbar. Anybody, anybody can teach those techniques, bro. You can learn it on YouTube. You can sit down here, we'll open it. You guys can figure it out eventually. But the environment... Okay, and that interaction, and that energy, like the sincerity. You can't, you can't um, fake that. You can't teach that. Like, of course, you you could teach that in in a way. You can teach that in a way, but you can't. That's the do or die of an environment. Mm. Oh no! Twenty twenty three. You've travelled as well. You went to Rome. Yeah, we travelled a lot. But yeah, that's what I want to touch into. You've mm-hmm. travelled a lot, uh, like other places through BJJ, off BJJ, and stuff. Um, what is that like traveling and doing the thing that you love at the same time? Going to places like Rome, New York, and it's but cool. Last time you said you'd rather just go to Turkey every time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did I say that? Yeah, it's like you said, if I could go anywhere, just back to Istanbul. Istanbul, yeah, not yeah, to- Istanbul. Like, Istanbul. For you said Tokyo. No, 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 Turkey, Turkey. Yeah. 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 Actually, uh, what's your funniest stories while traveling in BJJ? Oh, Give us one. <laughs> Funny stories. Do you have a BMX one, New York? Yeah, New York. I was riding uh, my my friend's missus's bike <laughs> yeah. in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was riding at the training every morning, ten fifteen minutes in the city, <laughs> and it was like a ding ding. Like he had a thing in the front, it was blue, light blue. It was it was a woman's bike. You know? so <laughs> to be feminine, um, yeah, that was funny, and um, yeah, there's a lot of stories. Like in New York, being careful how to talk as well. Yeah. Like in the wrong suburb, wrong. And my Bosnian friends there, like we used to ride bikes, five, six of us at night. We used to take me out with their bikes. It was actually Ramadan there. We used to pray Tedawi and then just we'll go around New York. And like, I'm like, hey, bro. And I'm, and then they're in the wrong wind. So I'm like, hey, just be careful. You can't scream, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I used to do like, I'm a bit of a like, if my, my teachers watch this, probably from Elam College, like I was <laughs> I was running a muck sometimes in class, maybe yeah. most of the time. But um, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, but like I'm, I'm, I love having a good laugh, you know, with limits. Like I know how to take a joke, I know, I know how to give a joke. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe I go a bit too much, but yeah, um, yeah like New York was fun in that sense. Um, Have you almost Japan. ever died? Have you almost ever died? Or being killed? Yeah, when I was riding a b- motorbike, I think I nearly died. Like when I was riding a scooter in Bali, I fell in front of a car and I got up and sh- just straight away jumped on. But I realized, like, probably two, three hours later, like, how serious that could have been. Yeah. Um, what else? I had a really bad staff infection. Like, it's in my documentary. It was really bad. True, yeah. And I was alone, and I had no, like, travel insurance. It was very bad. And 
Um, How'd you deal with the staph infection? You cut it out yourself, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube and boiling water. And oh, my God. Yeah. I, I did some stuff. I was scared, man. I found some antibiotics, which helped. And yeah. Um, you can die from a staph infection as can, well. You can, yeah. You can. Depends how, how you leave it and you don't take... Yeah. Now, you just don't... You don't play with any pimples or anything like... Especially if you're training a lot and dealing for other bodies, just don't play with it. Yeah. If it's popped, just don't train. You know, it's very simple actually. Yeah. Um, especially to train in a different environment, like in America and stuff, it's very contagious. It's contagious everywhere. But so much, man. We just got to think. If it comes to my mind, I'll share it. Um, Japan's funny because like very different culture. You can't talk loud, and you can't run in when you're like in train stations when it's too busy and stuff like. Oh. You get told off for it? <laughs> yeah, like I was running with my backpack and I was running and this small, like short lady punched me in the stomach. What? Yeah. A small Asian lady, yeah. like Japanese lady, punched me in the stomach. So, whoa, like this. <laughs> Do you feel whoa. it? Yeah, I felt like this and I looked back and she said, I probably, she probably said, stop running, I think. Because no one's running. Me and my friends just running, trying to make it to the train. And they're running, they're eating on trains. Yeah, not talking out. Yeah, not even like, videos on th they like stare that. like this to, to each other. Like they don't, they look each other side in the eye. eyes. No, no, no one like will do this. Everyone's like side eyes, side eyes, <laughs> yeah. side eyeing each other. Like everyone literally. Um, yeah, man. Like I've New York, America was cool. Like mm -hmm. I didn't like. I wouldn't probably go there if I don't have to, but New York was really cool because it was multicultural and I, I have good friends there. Like the big Bosnian community there, like really good friends with the people there, and look, the Jewish community is big there too. So, um, Europe's. And so like Portugal and all those countries in Europe. Um, the Middle East is awesome too. But um, yeah, I did a lot of funny stuff and I take risk even if I'm by myself. Like when I'm traveling by myself, I'm more, I'm a bit more risk taker. When I'm traveling with my family, I'm a bit more. You have to be like that. Though. Yeah, I'm a bit more like, uh, I, I try to think the worst case scenario all the time. But even when I'm traveling by myself, I always used to think, what's the worst case scenario? So I comfort myself in the worst case scenario. Then I'm comfortable and I'm relaxed in like, mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes too relaxed, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, traveling is fun, bro. But I wish I could travel without the, I think, I wish I could just travel and not have to work because competition is work and it, it occupies your energy, your mind and you can't just, can't enjoy everything until it's done. Even like the food, for Unfortunately, example. yeah. Like dieting, but even like mentally, you're just so involved in your goal Focus and your task. Well, yeah. Like, if I was to go back to those countries without any of those goals, um, I'll probably enjoy it more. Where do you want to go? But then I probably wouldn't go there. Like, it's We're, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could pick. Yeah. Where would you go if you could, like, without work, just with you and the missus or family? and? That's not Turkey. <laughs> yeah. Istanbul, yeah. I don't know how New York is right now. I'm not sure. I actually spoke to my friend in New York. He's he's trying to convince me on an idea, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, New York. I don't know how it is right now. Mm -hmm. But it was really cool. It was it's like I'm in Spider Man. Like it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I would like want to visit all the European, like all the old Ottoman countries that used to be under the Ottoman rule. Yeah. I would want to visit them and really like understand yeah. how much stuff. influence history and like walk those streets without having to compete. And just like enjoy it properly and really look deep into it. I would want to do it like Spain, all those countries on that side of town. Inshallah, yeah. yeah, we'll go to uh, Palestine one day. Inshallah. Inshallah, yeah. together. That'll be good. If you ever need a Spanish tour. Yeah, I want to go there. I'm you your see, man. you went there. Yeah, yeah I was there. I was living there. I'm your man. 
Amazing, bro. Wow, bro. Let me know, inshallah, if you do go. Big Ottoman history, like Islamic history there. Yeah, obviously. A lot. Yeah, yeah I was right. staying in one of the biggest cities, Granada. Yeah. The history, yeah. yeah. In Spain, there's not Ottoman. <laughs> no? Islamic no, history. No, Islamic, Islamic history. history. Andalusia. Islamic history, yeah. Oh, okay. Because yes. Andalusia dropped 1492 and uh, Constantinople 
when you, so for example, Islam wasn't started as Arab like you, with Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and when you go to Turkey, you see Turkic people. When you go to Pakistan, you see you know Pakistani. Yeah. Like naturally, they've always been there, mm. and so Muslims went and spread Islam, and the original people mm. that were there took Islam. But mm. a lot of other areas, like you go, you see Spain or Dutch, or whatever, they went and they moved into those lands and forced religion onto them. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like the yes. South Americans and stuff like that. Like a lot of them, they forced the, Europeans. you know, the Europeans, the Americans. All oppression-based. Everything. Yeah. Their, their conquest is not even real conquest. It's oppression and, and, and tyranny. That's it. It's the difference between um, <coughs> like colonialism and yeah. colonization. Like colonization isn't inherently a bad thing. You get what I mean? Like, Survival of the fittest, you know, things happen. If it's just, if that, that's the thing, but then how do you define just? You know what I mean. So then it goes down to with colonialism, you take out the land, you take out the people. There's no rights, and then you instill your ways into them completely. You yeah. know, but that's a whole um, different conversation different, in different, of itself. Yeah, podcast a, in its own. Yeah, but to wrap up the podcast, I want to ask you: We're at five days out from 2024. What does 2024 look like for for Iraq? Um. So, in which way? Well, like, how <laughs> do you look into the year? Like, do, you, do, you go, do you do goal setting? <laughs> are you thinking? Okay, I have one major goal. How are you looking at the year? Yeah, you have like you have your of course you have your spiritual goals like habits that you want to revive, and then you have your goals with your family and just the main things that always are there. But then you have like I guess your career goals like financial goals and like they're all there. With the like we all have them. We should have them. You know. Um, but I'll be getting into new ventures for sure. Like I want to do some courses and I don't want to just make up courses, but I really want to see how I developed certain things and how I could teach that to someone, like how I learned something Mm. and how I can teach that to someone, like how I came to some sort of a mindset and I want to teach that to someone, how I developed skills and how I can teach that to someone. Just authentic, but I, I want to spend some time thinking how I actually did it. Did it. I want to backtrack, you know, think about when I was 15, 20, 23. So a lot 25. of reflection. Reflection, yeah. see what methods did I actually use? Random methods. Like, I didn't intentionally maybe use methods, but we use methods we don't even notice. So, what did I actually do to, to do this? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I want to do some courses for sure, like online courses. That's, um, and, um, and then, like, we're trying to build uh, the private studio in South Melbourne, for sure. And I just want to push the limits, man, and really, I want to be an asset to myself, my family, my community. That's it, bro. Like, I just want to be Burak, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's it, like, and just keep keep going, you know? Um, I guess more, and more as we get, we get more mature and we we'll figure things out. And mm. I do want to take more risk as well, like, you know, in the right way. Mm-hmm. Can I ask, you know, there's like the statement like you're capable of so much more and that's why we tell people a lot and stuff like that and we always look internally and be like, I can achieve more than I have right now, you know, always, you're always looking at bigger goals and stuff. How much percent of your full potential do you reckon you've achieved? I don't know, bro. Do you like, uh, do you look and be like, because you obviously don't publicly say a lot of the goals, which is fine. Yeah, I can't. Dreams and that you personally have, but it's like, do you believe you can do so much more? Do you still think like you've done... No, nah, I got, so, but I'm not content at all. Like, I'm great. Like, I'm content, but I'm not like comfortable. I'm never comfortable. Like, that's maybe a weakness. Not a weakness, but it's a flaw sometimes because I get really, when you want so much, like in terms of pushing yourself, 
and getting better and better and better and better, you forget to enjoy the blessings that Allah's given you, and that's being ungrateful. So, I don't want to fall into being ungrateful, but sometimes you do, you know, because you want more. Like I can do that, I can do this. He's doing this, he's doing. Let me get into this. There's a time and place for everything, but definitely haven't reached the full potential, bro. If if um like the human lifespan is eighty years, but we can die tomorrow, but alhamdulillah, like if we're ticking the boxes. With Allah's mercy, we don't know where we're going to end up. But um, I've got, yes, big plans, man. Like, I definitely have, we'll after the podcast, we'll see talk. what's cooking. We'll talk, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk we'll about what's talk. cooking. But, well, it's like, just trying to be uncomfortable most yeah. of the time. But be grateful at the same time. Because, bro, like, think about, as I walk f- walk out, like, something happens, like, literally, physically. Or someone, part, like, may Allah forbid, like, someone passes away or your life changes like instantly mm. and I like protect all our families yeah, and yeah, but yeah. it's true though like bro your life and you you haven't been grateful for anything like sometimes just saying alhamdulillah like it's sincerely it's 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 the biggest thing in the world because someone was saying um, if if we knew you know the satisfaction of our faith gives us the contentment like if you want wealth like a scholar says if you want wealth um, contentment is sufficient so that's true wealth, being content. Because you can enjoy a $4 coffee when someone can't afford, like, enjoy a $100 coffee. True. You know? You can enjoy this, you can have more satisfaction. But what if Allah takes away that satisfaction from you? Cause, and it does. If you're ungrateful, that, that it doesn't taste the same because you're just always wanting that $100 coffee or, mm-hmm. you know? Or training on a foam blue mat in comparison to a pallet in Bro, Turkey. So much for... You know? Exactly. And like... The mats I have today at the gym, like, they're some of the best mats in the world. Like, I go, wow, man, this is my gym. Mm-hmm. I go, alhamdulillah, like, of course, like, it's a, it's a thin question, but we should, I, sh- I want to teach myself to be content constantly. That's good. Definitely. That's good. But also, I push, keep pushing limits and being uncomfortable. Because the, the moment you get comfortable um, is the moment you go down, start going down. And I'm always looking at new things, like new ideas, new things, new potential, new, where's this heading, where's that heading, where's, where's the, like, where's the, where, where, where's, where's the market heading in my craft, for example, where's this heading? I'm always looking into that and I want to keep up and I want to be ahead always as well. So that's why I don't want to mention a lot of things as well. Mm-hmm. But I do, like, yeah, I just want to be uncomfortable and push the limits, literally, and take risks at the same time. Well, yeah. I'll mention something for you. We'll do that, finally, we'll do that YouTube video. Uh, the collab yeah. between Fedicum and us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we def- 2024, we'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have a video idea, inshallah, but so these guys can see it. We, I saw you itching for a question. I was just going to ask, yeah. more looking at like your daily routine and stuff like that, and you making the words uh, busy and productive the same thing. Are you someone who's pretty busy, like your time is preoccupied a lot, or do you, like, you know, they say like being effective, like it's just a couple hours, I smash out everything. Or are you pretty busy throughout the day? Cause yeah, I'm pretty busy throughout the day. Okay. Like 24 hours, literally. I have to... A habit I'm trying to work on is not touch my phone when I get home. Literally not touch it. Very hard. My missus helped for me. So what, you finish uh, at the gym? 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock? No, not that much. Like, no, no. It's like midday, 2-3 hours. Yep. I should, I should do the I'll same spend at home. Okay, while you're family. at home. So, like, I'll... We'll do work in the morning. Training, work, business, whatever it is. Till midday. Like, till 1.00. Spend time at home, back to the gym, you know, 4 p.m., whatever it is. 
And then, so during that time at home, just focus on the present time. But outside of that, Cosborough is constantly like, yeah, you don't stop. Yeah. How about this, this, boom, 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 pop. You don't stop, literally. Yeah. If you, you know, some people go, oh, I work 24 hours. Yeah. It's possible, man. Like, it's actually, you can be working 24 hours if you're on. It's so easy to. Yeah. Um, so I have to stop it, you know, and I'm, I'm working on it, you know, no, for sure. Yeah, no, funny I enough, mean. yeah. That's one thing camping taught me. Yeah. I recently just went, like, I got back the other day. But um, every time I go camping, yeah, obviously you have, like, here mm-hmm. at home, we have the luxury of connecting our phone into the charger just before we go to sleep. You know, we've got the cord dangling up right next to our bed and then we'll scroll till we're tired of it. You know, whereas when you're camping, like, you're sort of trying to preserve your battery because you can't just <laughs> chuck it in the charger, you know? Anyway, so the other night when I was gone, it was like I was, in, I was camping in the middle of a storm, yeah? By yourself? No, I went with, uh, like, my in-laws. Yeah. And then while I was there, anyway, what ended up happening was my phone, I had, like, 4 6%, something around that line, you know? But I needed it enough just so in the morning I might need to get by something along those lines, you know? So I put my phone to the side. Man, when I tell you I struggle to sleep, so and every single time I yeah, have this realisation when I go to camp, bro. it's like you can't just, like, shut down, disconnect. It's like it takes so long. And then you have the added effect of, like, the rain storming down, you know? It's like everyone puts on rain sounds to try and go to sleep. But when you're actually in the <laughs> middle of the storm, it's the loudest, most annoying thing in the world, you know? But, um, yeah. I think I will leave the podcast there, inshallah. Um, without, boys. Thank you would you like to say any me. last words or anything? No. It's, uh, it's, it's sufficient, man. You're a regular, man. It, you're a regular. We're yeah, going to do yeah, another yeah. one next year, another one the year after, inshallah, for as long as we go on. Um, it's an honour to be on. It's a pleasure because it's, it's authentic, it's real, it's sincere. When you have sincere conversations, sincere, yeah, you know, interactions, it's it uplifts us, you know, okay. and actually uplifts the people yeah, that are watching. Thank you so much well. for coming on, Walla. We always enjoy it. I don't think the people know, but we need it more than the audience needs it. True, it's nice. always likewise, a good reminder, like likewise. you said. Um, mm-hmm. But without further ado, for our audience out there, you guys know the drill. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and do that again and then again till that like button breaks. I will see you guys in next week's episode. Take care. Peace.